So we, uh, we passed 500 subscribers on YouTube, which is pretty cool. I mean, a channel doesn't really get hop until you get to a thousand. That's when you can do all the, you know, extra monetizing and crazy shit. But obviously we just do this for the heck of it. You know, we don't, who cares? But, uh, but 500 is a nice number. 500 people thought we were worth listening to. So that's... <laughs> Either that or they're crazy, one or the other. <laughs> yeah. So to celebrate uh, 500... I did no research this week. <laughs> now, what I've got here is that normally what I do is, you know, we, we just dive into random old TV history and I look up, you know, whatever details about the show I can find. But uh, sometimes it's kind of neat to not know. And I thought that's what I would try for this week. We've done this a bit before, but instead of, uh, you know, we usually think of, oh, because we watched X, now we'll watch Y, some kind of connection. But I thought for this week I would just search forgotten TV shows. Just search it on Google, see what happens. And at first I found a list from the 90s and it was like 90s kid shows. And I was like, no, nah, no, nah, these aren't even that forgotten. I remember some of these. So then I found a list from the 70s from IMDB, the internet movie database. And the very first show on the list, I just thought like, I'll look down the list till I see a show. I don't know what it is. Very first show I'd never heard of before. It's called The Star Lost. You ever heard of this show? No. So, yeah, normally this is where I would give you the rundown about the Star Lost, but I, and I started to, I started to look it up, but then I was like, well, I don't want to know either. I'd rather just go in and not know. So instead, we're going to watch this show. All I know is it's a space show. This is obviously a, a decade or so after Star Trek. And I think it only ran for this one season. It's, you know. What, what year is it? I don't know exactly. Oh. Late 70s, though, I believe. Oh, late 70s. Okay, so that would be about a decade after Star Trek. But again, I could be wrong because I, I tried to, you know, I stopped looking up stuff pretty much right away. So what we're going to do is we're just going to dive in and watch this show. And then after we watch it, then I'll go look it up and, you know, see what happened. But, uh, but yeah, it's like a nice, it's fun to not know anything because it's a little tough to do. There's not really that much stuff in the world that you don't know anything about. But I've never heard of this ever. But it's... It's famous, I guess, for being not famous. You know, it, it was top of the list of forgotten 70s shows on this IMDb list. So I don't okay. know what that means. So was it on major TV like NBC, ABC? I mean, I, I'm assuming so just because that's all there was back then, right? It's not like there was a ton of, uh, you know, like cable access shows or how we have 500 channels nowadays like well we'll just have to find out because maybe maybe there were independent type tv sh stations that were showing these kind of things and that's why they're forgotten yeah and uh if anybody wants to watch it i believe these are on youtube so we're going to watch episode one the star lost episode one it's called voyage of discovery star lost is all one word but then also as i was grabbing this uh i found they did put out a dvd collection of of this show and there's this little thing called the Star Lost series pitch, which is only seven and a half minutes long. And I'm just guessing this must be what they showed to the network to get this show made. So again, uh, we'll watch that after, after uh, we check out the show. But I'm, I'm definitely curious about that because I'm always interested in the behind the scenes anyway of how do shows get made and what was the process. And uh, nowadays, you know, you can find pilot episodes or, or things, you know, about shows, but I haven't really seen any from this era, from the 70s. Like, what did they show to a network to convince them to make this show? So I guess we can check that out after, too. But, yeah, again, we'll get into all that after. So for now, The Star Lost, Episode 1, Voyage of Discovery. Earthship Ark, man's greatest 
pretty cool to see this little pitch video that they made. From the pitch video I can see why they greenlit this show because it sounds pretty good when you just got a seven and a half minute like here hey I'm the main actor guy they show like a little bit of what the ship looks like but it's mainly just literally just them talking but like we got Harlan Ellison to write it I'm this actor guy that you might know. Uh, the special effects dude was from 2001 the Space Odyssey you know it's like it's like they got a good cast of people but the sort of dark reveal here because we were noticing all the way through like why is it got this weird green screen look and like it just you can see the lines around people and everything looks fake and everything looks bad and it turns out it's because they pioneered this new technique where they're like instead of making these big full-size sets we'll just make little toy sets and we'll use this new green screen type technology I don't remember what they called it but uh so we'll just place the actors against the miniature and it's seamless and no one will ever know but it's not seamless at all. It looked like shit. The special effects were awful in that show. They could have taken that trailer or intro or whatever it was and opened the show with that and then cut out a whole lot of the introductory stuff that was in the show itself because that dragged it down terribly. It was repetitive. It was it was boring. Yeah. Yeah, that's where I hate to be negative because probably if anyone stumbles across this review on YouTube, which who knows if they will, because obviously it's just a forgotten show. Who knows who remembers this? But if you do, it's probably because you remembered this show and you liked it. So uh, I apologize ahead of time that we didn't like it, but we didn't like it at all. It was well, so boring. And it may be that as the show progressed and you didn't have all that introductory BS, maybe subsequent shows were pretty good. Uh, but that opening show, they spent too much time and trying to explain what was going on and... And as I mentioned while it was playing, the flute music in scenes that should have been where people should have been apprehensive and afraid and because they didn't know what they were walking into. Here's this happy little flute going on in the background. Yeah, so much flute music. And then you mentioned, too, it's like there's the one kissy-kissy romance scene, the one place where a lilting flute would be appropriate. And that's the one scene that didn't have the didn't flute have music. Didn't have it. They had this tick-tuck-tuck sound in the background, like... Yes, stylistically, it was everything bad about the 70s. It was like the puke green mats and stuff, that weird just browns, just the gross colors that were popular in the 70s. The big 70s mustache, the uh, bad 70s special effects, and the yeah, lilting flute music everywhere. Like there's a, like how each decade had their own vision of what the future was going to be like. You know, you got the 60s future, and this is the 70s future. This is like Logan's Run times 10. <laughs> Where then you get to, like, the 80s future is like Blade Runner. Everything got real dark all of a sudden. But as you said, they could have they could have done a, a little intro like they do in Star Trek, the five-year missing to go where no man or no one has gone before or whatever. Um, that's all they needed in this is a little bit of narration and cut through a whole lot of that 
stuff where we were trying to figure out what was going on and then we we're like and i didn't really care yeah yeah so then i guess the basics because it is a good concept it's pretty cool it's like earth is destroyed for whatever reason so they build a big ship a big ark to send people out and now it's so many generations later that the people on the ship forgot that they were ever there ever was an earth they don't know that they're on a ship but now the ship's going to collide with a star and this one guy figures out and that's kind of neat, but like as you were saying when we were watching it, like it took so long. They just repeated everything over and over. That every scene was so slow, and like we're ahead of these these characters at every turn. There's no mystery. There's no like we already know. We figured yeah, it out. We know in two what they're going to say. We know uh, how they're going to react. Uh, it, too much, too much. And and the the, the concept of a hundred different layers in this spaceship. Of and presumably each of those layers has different cultures, uh, different humans from different pasts, whatever. I mean, that could be quite a, quite exciting. And none of them know that they're on this ship, and none of them know about the others. And that's obviously where the show is going to develop to. But they said that in the little trailer, and that's yeah. all we needed to know at the intro. And then they could have jumped right into that that uh, Mormonite group. Yeah, so the, our, our hero, his group is basically the Amish or whatever. And, uh, and yeah, it's just the standard, you cannot go against the elders. Well, if they had finished, though, what they could have done is give us that little introduction like they gave us in the trailer. And then they could have tied that whole show into a really top-notch half-hour show. And it could have been really really effective but to drag it out for an hour and repeat and the little flute and uh Good God, little wonder it's her forgotten show. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to say too, is in a way, I guess I'm not surprised that it's not so great because unless something calamitous happens, a show isn't usually completely forgotten if it's good, <laughs> you know? And this show is very, very much forgotten. But yeah, so I mean, and yeah, the idea that there's like a hundred different pods on this arc and each one is a different stage of human civilization, it's, again, a really cool idea, but they did show the... Tune in next week, and it's just our Amish hero fighting with a caveman and fighting with a gladiator, and it all looks like garbage. Like, the special effects were really bad, which is, that's one thing where I just, my generation is so obsessed with Star Wars that I've always, I just, Star Wars bothers me. It bothers me that people like it so much because it's so shitty, and everyone from my generation loves it. But it does help sometimes when I put myself in the period of, what was science fiction like in the 70s? And when you compare Star Wars to that, man, Star Wars is really good. It looks amazing. <laughs> okay, but even if you set Star Wars aside, because it was a movie and big budget, big money, but even when you compare it to the television productions of the time, like I mentioned, uh, Space 1999 is wonderfully done, British television. Well, Star Trek, sure, it has a whole lot of hokey-type backgrounds and that sort of thing. But it's got excellent plots, and they move right along. And it's got characters that are really standout characters. Each and each person has an individual personality that they interact with each other. This one, the three, the three main characters, you know, they're not. There's nothing really remarkable about them. Where you say, "Oh man, that guy, he was fabulous!" Like he really wasn't that much different, the main guy, than the fiance. Yeah, yeah, no, there was definitely, like I was saying to you while we were watching it, just something about it that it, it's like... It and the girl is so sweet. 
sweet. She's just so gentle and just so sweet. It's like she, she should have a little bit of chutzpah or something. Something, or something that makes her stand out. Yeah, yeah, there's something about this, the tone of this show, that it, it like sends a message to you to not pay attention. But in a half hour, if they had done the introduction but with narrative and then really tightened that show right up into 30 minutes, it could have been something pretty good but to drag it out it was it was painful to watch yeah uh while i look up the actual details about this show then and we'll figure out some of the stuff if you got time this made me think of you remember that show the orville it's like a more recent show and it's like a, a star trek type show but it's half half oh, comedy yes yeah 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 there's an episode of that show that i don't know if it's based specifically on the star lost but it's the exact same plot they find a ship full of people that don't realize they're on a ship and it's really good. So I was thinking we could throw that on while I research yep, Star that. Lost. Okay. Uh, so if anybody wants to watch that episode of The Orville, it's uh, season one, episode four. It's called If the Stars Should Appear. And yeah, I haven't seen this episode in a while, but I just remember, I remember liking this one. It was cool. Kind of a cool little episode of the Orville. I just, you know, I mean that show is always pretty good, but yeah, it's a pretty pretty cool one. And I just looked up to see if I could find any official acknowledgement that this was like a remake or a retelling of the Star Lost plot, but I couldn't find anything acknowledging that. But it clearly is. It's the exact same plot, except just all told in one episode and with some jokes. <laughs> so, Far superior. Yeah. I mean obviously it's unfair to compare shows from 40 years apart or whatever, but yeah, obviously the Orville one is a lot better. However, yeah, I just looked up some stuff about the Star Lost, and it's pretty interesting. It uh, explains a lot about, and I don't feel so bad now that we didn't like it, because nobody liked it. Even the people who made it didn't like it. <laughs> so, so first off, it was a little sooner, earlier than I thought. It came out in 1973, so this was before Logan's run, before Star Wars for sure, only a little bit after Star Trek. But, <laughs> this is a bit of a cell phone, because if anyone hasn't listened to us before, maybe you can tell from our charming accents, but we're Canadian. And it turns out that's one of the huge problems with this show, is The Star Lost is a Canadian-produced sci-fi series. <laughs> that, uh, you know, Canada is a big country landmass size, but not, not a big country population-wise, not a big country money-wise. Our movie and TV shows are no good. They're no damn good. <laughs> No, that's not. Some of them are very, very good. But I mean, I don't know if it's still the case, but for a long time, our our highest grossing film was the Trailer Park Boys movie. And I love Trailer Park Boys, but that's a good example of like, we're great at that type of thing. Let's just make a nice, simple, low budget thing about people who live in a trailer park and sell weed. We can do that. We can't make big epic sci-fi shows. Because uh, the one for my generation, there was a show called Lex, L-E-X-X, that was a co-production between Canada and Germany and it sucked <laughs> you know? it was better than the star loss but but I mean yeah you're you're off to a bad start and why that happened so yeah broadcast on CTV in Canada 1973 for 16 episodes and then just syndicated on various stations in the US so it didn't have a specific home it was just wherever they could squeeze it in and uh, initially they intended to co-produce with the BBC which would no doubt have been a better show but, although, how, how, was, uh, how was Doctor Who doing in the early 70s? What era was that? 
Doctor Who started in oh, really earlier than that, 62? I think were the first black and white Doctor Whos. So at this point, had we gotten to Tom Baker yet, or was he Tom later? Tom Baker would have been, I'm going to say the early 70s. So, so I mean, still, I guess, technology-wise, not so different, but, but better. Definitely would have yeah. been better. But because the BBC plan fell through, they uh, went with their low-budget second choice, which was Canadian TV. And uh, do you remember I mentioned that name at the start? created by and the episode written by Cord Wainer Bird. And I was like, what the hell name is that? It's like in uh, in a comedy show when they make up a name. My name is Flimwazzle Zingzang, you know? Like, it's just such a dumb name. But it turns out there's a reason for that, too. So this series was created by Harlan Ellison, who... Oh, you know, yes, a yeah, big sci-fi guy. Yeah, he was somewhat remembered as being a bit of a dick, but, you know, he has written a bunch of famous stuff. He's obviously a, a well-regarded science fiction writer, and especially at the time... However, the series experienced a number of production difficulties, which I'll get into. Ellison broke with the project before the airing of its first episode, and Ellison on occasion used the pseudonym Cord Wainer Bird, and it was to alert members of the public to situations in which he felt a project had been mangled by others. So that was his own personal oh. Alan Smithy. Like, if you see that name, that's his way of telling you, this is not what I intended. Yeah, this is not top-notch. Okay. Yeah, and The Star Lost has generally received negative reception from historians of science fiction television. So, you know, we're, turns out we're on board with everybody. So the main problem was, as we saw in that, uh, that little, you know, demo thing that they showed to the networks, is that tech that they came up with it that was to sort of it was like a green screen kind of where they filmed actors and then placed them against a backdrop and the idea was they could make miniature sets and just place the actors on the miniature and not have to build the whole set it was called magic cam and it just didn't work <laughs> it just did not function the way it was supposed to function and the failure of the magic cam system was a major blow because the canadian studio space they'd rented to make this show was too small to build the required sets. So they couldn't even just back out and make the sets big. They just didn't have the room for it. So they had to proceed with this technology that didn't work right. And that's why everything looks so bad. But I didn't mind the set thing so much. It was the, it was the show itself dragged and the, the storyline dragged. I mean, I, I can accept uh, bad sets. I mean, after all, I think Star Trek is one of the the first the first series of Star Trek is the most wonderful thing that ever existed, and I can accept all those uh, fake pizza walls and all that jazz. But you got to have a fast moving story to go with it, and yeah. that to me was the big fault with Star Lost. Yeah, and I don't know the specifics behind that, but I did because I I mean, Harlan Ellison. I guess I I don't know a lot of his stuff. I'm kind of familiar with like his short stories. I have no mouth and I must scream or whatever. But I haven't really you know, extensively researched his stuff. I, it, but I know stuff like uh, City on the Edge of Forever. It's, it's that, that Star Trek episode where uh, Spock and Kirk go back in time. And it's kind of like, it's people think of it as one of the better episodes of Star Trek, but I, I know Harlan Ellison didn't like it. He's like, ah, this is bullshit. This sucks. You know, uh, they, they messed up my, my plot or my story. So apparently with the Star Lost, the original script, which is not what they, not the shooting script, but the original script of the show, it did win like a Nebula Award or something. And they later, in 1975, a guy wrote a novel based on what the Star Lost was supposed to be. So who can say how good those really are? Because I feel like Harlan Ellison, he still, 
He's definitely a little pretentious. He's still up his own ass. It's probably still not the greatest shit in the world, but by all accounts, it was better than what happened. So not only did they have... It was like this one, two, three punch. They ended up having to go with Canada, so they had no money. Their major tech thing that the whole show was based around didn't work, and they had gotten themselves into a corner where they were unable to, uh, to not use it. And whatever the original vision was, you know, just got messed with. Because there's also this guy, Ben Bova, who's also quite a famous sci-fi guy. He was the, uh, a science sort of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? To double check stuff to make sure everything is correct and okay. And he later wrote some stuff about, specifically about working on Star Lost and how nobody listened to him. None of the tech and none of the science is proper on the show. So I don't know specifically what happened there. But that didn't work either. So, so on no level was this show what anybody had hoped it would be. And uh, so there we go. The Star Lost. I mean, I'm glad I looked that stuff up, though, because all that stuff I find, that part is interesting. Just knowing that it's Canadian and that it had this weird tech. Because, again, that didn't make sense. Like, how did the special effects guy from 2001 make this show that looks like crap? And that's why. New tech didn't work. So uh, an interesting failure. Uh, or an interesting story behind why it's a failure. Not an interesting show. A terrible show. <laughs> so, yeah, there we go. There's the story of the star lost. So. And they can continue to be lost. Yep. Because even that, that idea, I guess the idea, too, is because the ship, the arc that they're on, is like, I think they said it's like 200 miles across. So that was the idea where they're talking about this the bridge. we got to get to the bridge. Yeah. It's basically that the bridge is on the other end. So to get to the other end, that's what the show would have been year after year, is going through the different pods on the way to the other end of the ship, and each pod is a different society. And meeting with these societies and trying to get them to understand that that ship is doomed. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's the kind of thing, like, you could fire it up again now. Why not? They remake everything else. Like, try again. You could. It's a good idea. It's a cool concept. But, but yeah, the 1973 version, yikes, uh, not so good. <laughs> I think it's that's that. That's that.